This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Swinging Through Comics. Visit mjmunoz.com STC for notes and links. And don't forget to subscribe. Like, share, and comment to help me grow. This is Swinging Through Comics episode or issue, if you like, if you're nasty, uh, 54. And I am talking about The Rise of Ultraman, number five. So this is the final issue of the miniseries, The Ultraman, The Rise of Ultraman, as I want to call it. And I gotta say, I liked it a lot. Uh, I'm gonna go to the credits real quick and talk about who made this book happen. So uh, the writers were Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom. The artist was... Francesco Mana, the color artist was Espen Grindedurchen, and uh, we have Ariana Mayer doing the lettering, or Maher, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. So, uh, you know, I'll talk about the cover real quick. Uh, it's got Ultraman fighting Bemular, and I believe this Bemular looks like the original Bemular from uh, Ultraman 1962? Is that, is that what it was? 62, 61? One of those two. And, uh, you know, decent cover, rain, ocean, kaiju fighting, uh, I dig it. Um, pretty cool. Pretty good work there. So, yeah. There was a Kia Asamiya variant that I did not get, unfortunately. Kia Asamiya is, has been around the block. He actually did Marvel manga adaptations, or maybe they were, I don't know if they were, were they Marvel or Dark Horse? They could have been Dark Horse at the time, I don't know. But he did adaptations of, uh, The Phantom Menace and a couple other Star Wars things. And, uh, if you look at his Qui-Gon and his Obi-Wan, his men have a very distinct look to them. And, um, he did for another Tokusatsu show, Kamen Rider Forze, he did, uh, oh, the design for the villains called the Zodi Arts, which are very cool. Very cool designs. And he also made his own tokusatsu comic called Junk Record of the Last Hero, which was published by Seven Seas, I believe. Seven Seas Media or Entertainment, um, who is also publishing the upcoming Go Ranger, which is done by Shutaro Ishinomori, the originator of uh, the Henshin Hero Boom. That's what I like to call him anyway. Uh, who made Go Ranger, Kamen Rider, Kikaider, um, or Master Rider is, Kika, is a Kamen Rider, um, Cyborg 009, a uh, bunch of other great stuff. So anyway, uh, I almost got that variant cover. I didn't, and I'm not showing it here either, <laughs> which is kind of silly, but whatever. Um, I like this cover. I can't remember who's... Let me see in the credits who's doing most of these. Uh, this JM. Who, who is that? Cover artist. Let's see. Jorge Molina. So I, I think Jorge Molina's done all these covers, or the main covers for these books, not the, uh, not the variants. So anyway... There's that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I liked the book overall. Uh, there was a lot good in it. Um, as I was going through, you know, there's exciting shots. There's, you know, Bemular and Ultraman squaring off against each other. Uh, I like the fact that the, the action was really, really good in this issue. And I enjoyed it a ton. There was just so much, uh, I mean, so much good action. Uh, there is something I do have to complain about, which I will, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and complain about it now. But first of all, um, yeah, it was great action. Uh, the stakes felt high. Um, it didn't really, like, it just kind of picked up from last issue. And there was no, like, rebuilding or anything. It just, like, said, hey, we're, this is how much danger we're in. And, you know, things have gotten worse. And uh, I guess the most, probably the most tense thing was that the old uh, doctor, old professor, um, who's in hiding and helped develop a bunch of stuff for the USP, he, oh, I made an error there. Oh, well, anyway, he didn't want to help, um, he was trying, he, he wanted there to be a bunch of damage caused by 
Bemular in order to wake people up and uh, make everything known. And that was an interesting plot point. Uh, the Ultra and uh, Shin convince him not to do that and to let them handle the kaiju before it caused, you know, destruction and harm to people, which was ultimately good. Um, so, like, the action was good, then there was that moral dilemma, but then what's even more interesting uh, is, and unfortunately, so there's three consecutive pages. I don't think, I think two of them are a double-page spread. I have them shown right here if you're looking um, at the video version of this or if you just listen to the audio, go to the website, mgmunis.com slash STC, and you'll find uh, for episode 54, uh, an image posted that shows three pages next to each other. One, they're in that sushi, well, whatever, Japanese, they're in Japan! <laughs> I was gonna say the sushi restaurant, but I don't know if it's sushi or whatever, but it's a Japanese restaurant because there are Japanese people in Japan eating at, you know, a restaurant. So anyway, they're in the restaurant talking like they've been before, I think in the first issue, so it kind of bookends with that. Um, so those two pages, they have an interesting conversation. Shin decides he's gonna call himself and the Ultra in their partnership together Ultraman, which is neat, uh, cute little scene, and then, like, kind of inexplicably, halfway through the second page, he realizes what they need to do, uh, because there's this problem that this, the kaiju vault, so I guess I'm going full spoilers now, the kaiju vault is going to explode at some time, and when it does, it'll cause a lot of damage, just the explosion of it, first of all, will cause a lot of damage, and then a bunch of kaiju will be released all over Tokyo, you know, in the city, or whatever, and it's gonna be devastating, cause a lot of damage. So they come up with this bright idea of having him become Ultraman and uh, somehow causing a slow release of all the kaiju from the vault, which is floating in this like black hole vertex type of thing. Uh, vortex, I mean. Uh, and he turns into Ultraman and then slowly releases it. All the kaiju imprint on him, which is something they introduced in like the second or third issue, that kaiju imprint on somebody when they emerge. Um, and then they... Uh, and then they can, you know, go after that person no matter where they are. They'll always keep re-emerging and attack that person. So, he's the one. They're going to spread them all across the world. And they're all going to be imprinting on him uh, before they get spread across the world in unpopulated areas. So then we're going to have, in the Trials of Ultraman, which is the next uh, story coming up, or the next story arc, miniseries, whatever coming up, uh, he'll be going all around. Uh, and they've been catching kaiju for decades, so I don't know how many are in there. It's probably not five, maybe 30, maybe 50, who knows? Uh, you know, one a year or whatever since uh, Dan Morboshi got disappeared and whatnot. Anyway, um, and uh, he's going to be going all across the world globetrotting and taking care of kaiju, uh, destroying them, neutralizing them in the proper way that's going to uh, stop things from happening. And while I like Shin and Ultraman's resolution to, or Shin and the Ultra's resolution of the situation to have them all imprint on him, go all over the world, and then he'll go take care of them one by one, and then they'll come out publicly and announce to people, hey, the USP is this secret organization, there's this looming threat that we've been trying to handle, we can't handle it in the way that we thought we could before, and we were keeping these things for you, and now we're going to let you know about them, and we've got this guy we're working with uh, to help. Um, I think that's really neat, and I love how uh, Shin keeps like pushing himself and pushing everybody else and saying, we need to go uh, farther. We need to do more. We need to be better. And in order to do that, we're going to have to, you know, fess up to what we've done. And I'm not going to become part of the USP because I don't want any part of their uh, shenanigans. And it was wrong for them to hide all this stuff from the people. And we need to, you know, face it for, I love all that stuff. It's super great, super great, um, like character moment, character growth. It is and it isn't growth because he was saying to the Ultra, I can be that. I can be who you need me to be. I can show you that humans can be 
you know, can ascend to become ultra like you and your fellow, you know, beings of light or whatever. Uh, you and your ultra brethren and sistren. And <laughs> anyway, um, so like, I like that he's affirming that and that his solution puts himself in danger. Uh, but it lessens, you know, it, it saves Tokyo basically, but it you know, endangers the rest of the world while it also makes him, um, you know, in heightened danger, but then able to handle the dangers one by one. So I think it's a really great conceit for how they're going to keep this going for maybe years. Who knows? We'll see how long this, this runs. Um, but you know, he's, he's shown himself to be heroic. I really like the Shin. Fuji's interesting. They make a point that she's not like him because she wants to go along with the uh, USP and like keep hiding things. Uh, but she kind of trusts him. Like she wants to work from within the system and he wants to work from outside of it. So I like that conflict between them. Um, and I like how they, they uh, go to the director and try to, is it Ichinotaka? Is that what his name is? Um, and they, you know, try to make it work um, and kind of have a, uh, not a meeting of the minds, but like a compromise. So that was pretty cool. So, but like the, I guess I'll read it. They're talking about what they're going to do. Um, she says, we're, uh, we're looking for a solution. I'm looking for a solution. That's why I'm staying with the USP because I want to find a way to fix this. And he says, it's not enough to just want to find a solution, Kiki. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes to make the real change. That's how you take responsibility. You have to face it and then head on. Oh, and like he like drops his chopsticks and it's weird. What, what does that even? Oh, no, no, no. You have truly lost your mind. And then it goes to them talking like the sequence, like it just didn't work for me. Uh, that him like having an epiphany, I guess, mid conversation is what that's supposed to represent, but it just fell really flat for me. And I, I had to read it a couple times over and it was confusing to me. And then when they go to the next page, I guess, and, um, they're talking to the director and telling him, this is what we need to do. Uh, it, you know, it makes sense. And I'm like, I just spent a few minutes describing the plan and how it, you know, makes Shin more heroic and you know how I like it and stuff. But, um, it just the way they got there, the the writing of it, or the sequencing of it, or, or combination of how it was written and how it was uh, sequenced in the art uh, was just not you know not great. So anyway, um, but I overall really liked it. I'm very satisfied with the series. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it sets up the next uh, story coming. And I, it was good. The art was fantastic. The I mean, all this fight art, all this fight scene art was really really great. Uh, I liked the sound effects. Um, I liked everything, so uh, kudos to the team uh, doing Rise of Ultraman, and uh, I'm excited, very excited for the Trials of Ultraman coming up next. So anyway, I'm looking forward to enjoying that, and uh, I, I'm really glad that Super Eye Productions went ahead and worked with Marvel to uh, to have this happen, because it's really neat. Um, oh, and then there's a, I'm not going to spoil this thing, but at the end, there's a big surprise about uh, another potential threat. Uh, someone's got amnesia, I think. No, the, the person knows who they are. Anyway, there's another potential threat, uh, and it could be a huge one. <laughs> so, um, that, that's interesting. Oh, one more thing. I forgot, I don't know why I didn't highlight this piece of art, but there's these panels, uh, in sequence where, uh, Kiki's safe and Shin and the Ultra tell her, like, they gotta go fight it and, you know, contain it. And she, what are you gonna do? And he says something like, I just have to think big. And then he dives down and then over like the course of three or four panels, like he's like running, which that was a really great sequential. Like the dive, then the into the run. And there's like the, um, you can tell he's coming 
forward, but as he's going forward, he's growing in size as he's charging towards Bemular, and that was really good. So, um, like, they didn't do anything weird. Like, they did low angles to make them look bigger, but they didn't, like, slow it down or, you know, I have a little bit of a problem with kaiju fights in stuff because they're a little slow in some things, or, like, Godzilla generally, like, I'm not a huge fan. I wouldn't say I'm a kaiju fan. Uh, I'm, I happen to be Coming, a fan of Ultraman uh, in the last you know year or so, uh, year in my life, not calendar year, um, and it does it differently. There's a lot of energy in the Ultraman fights. It's very exciting. You know, the fast-paced three-minute type thing is really cool. And like I said, this they did this. This is really great. So um, one thing I had a problem with the last issue, which they addressed here, was that like, why is he Ultraman for more than three minutes? Seemingly, well, he's not. It's because in the Kaiju Limbo, like time kind of doesn't operate the same as it does here. So, or in, you know, the real world or whatever. So that kind of made sense. But his color timer went red and he was almost dead and then he was able to, you know, get himself out of it. So that was pretty cool. So uh, I got to say, I like this. I like this, like, outside of the system, sort of kind of working with the system, trying to push the system to be better superhero. And I like how, um, you know, there's conflict even amongst the heroes. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of this because the story's been really good so far. So that's pretty much all I have to say. Um... Ishinomori's birthday is coming up. I'm going to be talking about the Legend of Zelda comic that he put out uh, in the Nintendo Power magazine. It's in full color, the edition I have. I bought it, I don't know, four or five years ago, whatever. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read and review that, and uh, I'm looking forward to having that out by Ishinomori's birthday, which is January 25th, I think. So um, I don't have the bandwidth right now to do like a whole Ishinomori week or anything like that, but I'm going to do some stuff here, and I might do some stuff over on... Um, well, what used to be called MJ Loves Toku, what will be called Henshin Inspection, um, but we'll see about that. So I might relaunch that on that day, you know, during the same week. So we'll see what happens. Uh, also, uh, my A Test of Courage review, Star Wars The High Republic A Test of Courage review should be out now um, when this releases or, or very close, <laughs> very close to the same time. And uh, definitely the High Republic um Light of the Jedi review analysis is out right now over on uh, fully operational. If you're again, if you're on the video version, uh, they're all on the same channel. And if not, go to the website mgmunis.com/fo or stc. That's for fully operational and swinging through comics. You can look back and forth between them, or just kind of look at the main, like the blog roll of the of the website. It'll have everything uh, in release order. So anyway, you can find that stuff there. And uh, that's about it. I gotta go. So until next time, folks, take care. And remember, be the hero you needed in your most desperate hour.